Thank you for listening to Cafecito with us. I'm Sarah. And I'm Diana. Please remember to subscribe and leave us a review. Bye, everyone. Hey. So for today's topic, we are going to address our views on faith. Um, Might be a little spicy, a little controversial, (laughs) but this is something that we certainly have views on. So we want to make sure that we are sharing a little bit more about our perspective and our um, thoughts. So with that, I will kick it over to you, Sarah. Sure, I guess. I guess I would I would start by asking you, Diana, how you grew up. Like what was that mm-hmm. your your faith um slash spirituality in growing yeah. up? And how has that shifted or shaped or, you know, anything now that you're an adult? So before I ruffle any feathers, please, folks, um be graceful with us here. We're going to be very honest, but certainly it's, it's you know, putting ourselves in a vulnerable position to talk about anything that may touch quote-unquote religion. So with that, I did actually grow up um, Catholic. Both of my parents were Roman Catholic Catholic, so we were going to church on a regular basis when we were younger, Sundays, doing Bible study, Sunday school, communions, all that jazz. But to be fair, it felt always very, like, mandatory, obligatory. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I I certainly appreciate from Catholicism that I carried over and certainly believing in God, Diosito. So, uh, you know, but the older I got, uh, I think like anything else, you become curious of what else is out there. And me having a very open mind, just learning about other faiths actually when i was in my let me see senior year of high school i actually dated someone who was christian so i ended up learning a little more about christianity and what i appreciate about that faith was that it was more about your relationship with god not so much you know, memorizing things or the fear of God, but really like, what is your relationship? And this idea that, you know, God exists in your heart. I thought that was very, like, I could jive with that. (laughs) I I really uh, could, that resonated with me. But, you know, the older I've gotten, I still have, you know, the foundations of like a Catholic Christian person, but it's been more of a spirituality journey for me. Um, and it's been it's made me more curious to learn about even how our quote unquote ancestors, even before there was religion, right? The natives, um, the indigenous folks, how they approach spirituality and faith. Then I've read a lot of books about that, about how do you connect with nature and taking care of the world, the environment. So it's just been an interesting journey of of learning about that and also quantum physics, which is a whole other thing that I've (laughs) dived into. But really, at the end of the day, it's all about faith, right? It's about you believing and manifesting things, basically, like how you can envision something. And this is something I've actually, with my siblings, would instill a lot to believe in things, Uh, not just like Santa Claus, but like even if you want to achieve your goals, just having it so clear in your mind that you can almost like see it 
breathe it, smell it, like to that degree of intensity. And when I've read a lot about these things, like I said, about um, manifestations and quantum physics, right. it's basically like the same thing. It's like you're changing your mind to really believe something has occurred before it has even happened. And if you think about most faiths, they have the same idea, right? Obviously, with God being the person or the entity that's intervening, but it's the same thing. It's like having so much belief in something without actually seeing it. So I digress. I don't know how <laughs> technical no, no. if that made sense, but yeah. that's kind of like the point where I'm at. Um, really, it's appreciating, obviously, the beauty of how I was raised as a Catholic, what I've learned as a Christian, what I've learned um, on my own about uh, connection with nature, and then certainly diving more into like your energy and yeah, that type of connection with the universe. So where do you where do you feel now? Like if someone if someone were to ask you, like, how do you identify in regards to religion? Would you would you be able to say, well, yeah, like I'm I'm Catholic or I'm Christian or or neither? I don't feel like yeah. neither. So I don't feel the need to like label myself only because I've taken the best almost of everything I've learned. And mm-hmm. I think that's for me, like I'm such an open-minded, inclusive, I'll use like person that I rather have that than box myself into a very rigid, dogmatic type of approach. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, what's the beauty in every religion? I may not agree. And that's the other thing. I may not Mm -hmm. agree completely with one specific ideology. And so how can I still preserve the elements that I do agree with and then take from others, other aspects? Right. I mean, a lot of, a lot of what you say resonates with, with me as well. So I grew up Catholic. I would say that my mom was the person responsible for a lot of, you know, my upbringing in regards to religion and and faith based on her, her own upbringing. I actually grew up going to Catholic school. I think the the thought was on both my parents' parts that at least in Ecuador when you go to a private school or you go to a Catholic school, it's better than yeah. going to a public school. They say education, yeah, education wise, education wise. And also Catholic schools here have aftercare and public schools don't. And I needed Mm -hmm. aftercare when I was younger. So there there was a lot of a lot of reasoning as to why I went to Catholic school. I would I can say without a doubt that me going to Catholic school really affected my thoughts around religion and how I feel about religion in a, in a, in a negative, in a negative way. It wasn't a good experience. Uh, it was very much like you said, memorization, there was punishment, there was hypocrisy within that space that I, as a child, didn't appreciate. And I had, I want to say that I had like a level of understanding that you have to be a nice person and you have to be a good person towards others. Like that was always something that was instilled within my household. And I don't think it was ever tied specifically to religion, but it was just like, this is the right thing to do. You have to be you know, nice. And, and if you can help someone, you help them. And 
the way that my schooling went from second grade to eighth grade, I saw that some adults within that space were not kind. Mm. We're not, weren't kind at all. I mean, and I'm being, I'm being very polite about this. And I don't have the best experiences in how these adults acted towards children, because I was a child at the at the time, and I was very mm-hmm. like, this is this isn't right, like the way mm-hmm. that they're treating and acting. But yet, this is the person who's my religion teacher. Then it was just you know, it was very check off the box. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my relationship with religion and at that point wasn't very good. At home, it was very much like you have to be a good person. And that was like the main thing. And I remember my mom when I was little would like have me pray and I would do it and I learned how to do it. Um, But I always had this a bit of like, why? Like I was always curious as to like the why and the how. And I think that within Catholicism, there's a lot of just this is what you do because this is why this is just you do it because you do it. Don't ask questions. If you ask questions, it's considered a bit like blasphemous. You shouldn't be doubting. You shouldn't Mm -hmm. be questioning. You shouldn't be doing any of these things. You should just blindly follow and believe. Mm -hmm. And that's what I thought it was for a long period of time. And it didn't really go well with my, you know, curious nature and my need to question. And I didn't understand how any religion and some religions are very prescriptive in what you can and cannot do and how you can and cannot be. And things are Mm -hmm. so finite and so, you know, rigid and that didn't go well with me. So for a really long time, I want to say until I was like 25, I had that sort of like, I don't believe in the institution. I don't believe in certain aspects but it's not that I don't believe in God. It's just, I have a very complex relationship with God. I believe that God exists. Um, I believe that, you know, there's so much out there, but I also very much believe in science. So I, I believe you can believe in both and you can believe and make life whatever you want it to be and choose to be curious. And that's the beauty of life and your brain and, and being able to ask questions and, you know, if your friend invites you to a service and it's important, like let's say someone passes, right? And mm-hmm. your friend is not Catholic. And let's say that, you know, they're Jewish, right? Mm-hmm. Under Catholic standards, I don't think that you would be allowed to go to a different church, a different temple, right? But if I have to go to my friend's temple because someone passed, I'm going. So all of these things that it's like, I don't, I don't do well with rules like that. Yeah, religion is such a a touchy topic. It's so personal, so intimate. Right. So this is why also like I don't really talk about and you and I have never talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the first time like we're talking. <laughs> it's like we're both raised in similar um obviously as as Catholics, but I definitely believe in God. There there's no doubt. I I think though the older I've gotten, the more I've taken the time to examine why we do the rituals that we do in religion and so it's not that they're wrong it's just that I think we've lost the meaning and just forcing the practice and not understanding the beauty of the ritual right prayer is 
is like meditation. It's just that we're just so used to the memorization of the prayers without thinking, um, right? We're just so used to like the words coming out. But really, when you meditate, it's the same practice. It's just because we didn't come to that conclusion on our own, I think it's hard and why there is such a disconnect, uh, which is why I've done more and more of like, all right, let me do some more introspection. Let me do some more self-reflection. Let me do some more practicing of gratitude. All those things really that enable and promote your faith to strengthen, I would say. Right. So there's a lot more that I do in that space, like obviously prayer, but practicing gratitude, meditation, um, as I said before, like really envisioning things. And I had written something here down, like when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm -hmm. Um, So a lot about like mindset perspective and just the energy that you attract and the energy that you put out. So again, a lot of that is intertwined. Also very much invested in that aspect. Yeah. I mean, I've, I think I've always had this like thought process of, of karma. Right. And, and I don't, I have this discussion with my husband a lot, but it's you do things to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do and to be a good person. Mm-hmm. You don't do things to do good because you're guaranteed something good coming to you. Like that shouldn't right. be the way. And I, I understand some people, you know, it's like I do good so good comes to me. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But sometimes when I'm in a really like <laughs> tough space and as, as you grow older, it that's why the saying like ignorance is bliss, right? As you grow older, the more curious you are. I, I feel like things are heavier because you're more aware of, mm. of all the things that are happening. But when I'm going through like a really tough time in my mind, I'm like, okay. What was the saying? Dios aprieta, pero no ahorca. Yes. <laughs> right? Girl. So... So it's like, okay, I have good energy. I've put good into this world. There is no reason for bad Mm -hmm. to happen, which isn't to say that bad things don't happen and which isn't to say, I don't believe that God punishes. I I know that some people are very fearful of God. I don't believe that that's the way it should be. If anything, God's on your side. So I'm like, okay, I've done good. (laughs) My energy is good. I've always done things with, you know, the best of intentions mm-hmm. Does that always work out. No, but I think I'm good. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I think I just need to like be patient, which is, which is the, the, the biggest and like the truest test of, of faith is mm-hmm. like, it'll be fine. And if I think about it and look at like a bigger p- things in the bigger picture, it's like, I've never had something in my life not work out mm-hmm. or not be the way that it's meant to be. And I think the older that you are and the less you see the real path and you're creating your own path, like up to a certain age, things are kind of done for you and you know your steps ahead. So it's like high school, college, college, possibly graduate school. And then after you've hit the after college, after graduate school space, things get a little like mysterious and who knows what the path is. Is it straight? Mm -hmm. Is it backwards? So that's where you, I realized that I started to needing to rely on faith a bit more. Mm-hmm. And 
doing things and like manifesting things and visualizing having a plan mm-hmm. and having a purpose or having at least a, an idea of how I want to feel right. later down the road, whether it's calm, whether it's happy, like what is it that I'm looking for? Mm-hmm. What is it that I need in order to feel this peace and this happiness further down the road and, you know, execute actions mm-hmm. and, and, and plans to get to that point. But I think the, the most therapeutic thing was to self-reflect on like where these feelings of disconnect with religion came from. And like, for me, it was my schooling. It was, it was a very negative experience in how the adults were being within that space that I completely removed myself from all things, religion, all things, church, all things. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, this is just all hypocritical. I don't need it. I don't want it. And again, as Diana mentioned in the beginning, this is a very personal experience to me. I'm not saying that church is hypocritical. I'm saying for me, the spaces that I was in, I felt that it was hypocritical. It wasn't until I went to Ecuador for my year of service where I was able to share time with other individuals, other other people who grew up similar or even more Catholic, but with different teachings and the way that religion was gifted to them. And I say that gifted to them and taught to them was so beautiful that mm. I was like, I didn't have that experience. And that's when I started piecing together that my issue was not so much on religion, but more so the way that it was taught to me and given to me and not gifted to me and Mm. embraced and properly, you know, cultivated within my schooling. My mom did what she could, but when you spend more time in school and this is the attitude that you see going on by adults who are supposed to be teaching you religion, it's a little bit like this is this isn't for me. So when I was 25 and I was in my year of service in in Quito and I was with Madre Miguel and Padre Juan who were the founders of the the Centro del Muchacho Trabajador and I was able to like talk and listen and learn I was like this I can jive with. This mm-hmm. this makes sense. Service for others this this is what I needed when I was younger. And I feel like it made me sad because it's like, if I would have been gifted this at a younger age and understood religion, the way that they're explaining it in, in service for others, I think I would have had a very different relationship and I would have felt peace at a younger age. Yeah. I so appreciate you saying, you know, religion really should be a gift. It shouldn't feel so heavy and confusing and yes composed i I just it's sad because the tenants at the end of the day is to be kind like you said to be be a good person what institutions end up (laughs) defining kind and good and, and that's where it gets a little a little tricky but um yeah and then to your point about your bad experience, you know, like como dicen, por pocos pagan todos, you know, so mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate right. because then you have that personal lived experience that just is, you know, so negative. I don't think everyone is is the same or every school or every experience, but right. that's just the reality of what happens. For me, I think I've had a lot of, I'm going to say trauma and family experiences that have certainly forced me to, to some extent, seek out 
you know, religion and 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 God and 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 fortify a lot of the practices and rituals and understand them better because it's such a uncertain state where I didn't have a safety net. I didn't have mom or dad or family. So it just became like, all right, it's just me and God. So it's it's unfortunate because I do find that people, unless something really bad happens, is when like you're like, oh God, like, you know, where are you? So there's also been that in situations that I've been forced to look more closely inside and 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 up really to for for help and has helped me thrive. I'm not going to say survive because at this point I'm past that, but I'm certainly thrive in life. I also think and believe very strongly in divine intervention and mm-hmm. things may not work out or you feel the pain, you feel the burn. But then somehow it's like, yeah, on purpose, it was it was right. meant to be that long, unfortunately, or, you know, pro- prolonged, because you needed to meet a certain individual, or you need to cross paths with a certain opportunity, and it always works out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that that has happened for me, even in the lowest of lows that I've had, where I didn't understand at the time, but then it all made sense, it all yeah. clicked. So I do believe in that and divine intervention and um, things always working out and happening for a reason. I agree with that. I agree with that. And I think we say that to each other too. <laughs> I also I also really firmly believe that faith is also a coping mechanism for mm-hmm. a lot of the hard stuff that happens yeah. in life. And there's just so much, life is so complex Mm-hmm. that sometimes an answer isn't as descriptive and like right in front of you. And mm-hmm. it requires you to kind of like let go and just mm-hmm. see see how it goes. And I think that faith has allowed me to have a coping, that it's my coping mechanism and believing that everything will be okay as hard as it is sometimes. And the reality of it is life just gets, it's a roller coaster and it just gets harder before it gets easier and then it's easy and then it gets hard. And, you know, some people are in a cycle of just it being hard for a really long Mm -hmm. time. And I've met individuals who, based on like my perception, have lived really hard lives. And I find it extremely admirable, the level of faith that exists within their being and they're under I mean, it's it's I admire people who have such strong faith. I admire it because com- I don't have that. I, I wish I did. I don't have it. It's like I, I guess I don't let myself get into a space like that. I wish I could. Um, but it just I think it just requires a lot of internal work to get to a point like that. And I'm not I'm not quite there yet on my on my journey of like just letting go fully and letting be. I feel like if I did, I'd probably have a lot more peace, but like the logic in my mind does not, which is why I can't meditate either. Like I can't meditate. I can't, I can't do any of these things. My mind is busy all the time. It's like, how do you not think? How do you just stay blank? I can't do it. But something that I hope to get to at one point, the the challenge, the challenge now as as an adult is my faith and my res- is my journey but also i am now responsible for two other little beings and 
it's like, what do you do, right? When you have this this relationship with with faith, how do you instill strong faith in your children when you yourself are still on a journey to have strong faith? Right. So you have to, at least I did, I was like, I need to make a decision (laughs) on how I'm going to navigate this. Um, So now that my son is two and can articulate and has words and, and, and can understand, we've started, I've started teaching him how to pray. And it is one of the most bizarre (laughs) and beautiful experiences at the same time. But it's also, I'm trying to to correct how it was for me so that it's not the same for him, but there's like no guidebook on how to do that. But I I do it in a way of like practicing gratitude more so than anything, because I feel like that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. So at night, you know, we do thank you for this. Thank you for that. You know, I always say, you know, thank you for the warm food that I had. Thank you for having a place to sleep. Thank you for my health. Basics, right? Like to be, Mm -hmm. to so he starts to understand the gratitude of having these things because, and again, he's too little to understand that some people don't have these things, right? But just starting from that point, I think is helpful. And then throughout the day, in practice of sharing and being, you know, empathetic and sympathetic and all of that stuff, but it's hard. It's, it's, you're teaching a being how to be on all levels. And then Mm -hmm. I'm incorporating this faith aspect of it, which is challenging because I don't fully understand it. And I'm 33 years old. So how does someone who's 33 with a complicated journey (laughs) with faith, then start to instill all these I believe beautiful practices Mm -hmm. to their children. Right. I mean, that is tough or the silver lining is that you have an opportunity in front of you and it's almost pushing you to, to dive a little deeper into your, as it does all things. Yeah. Yeah. Before you can, you know, share the, share the gift to your two babies. And maybe it's, you know, you can't, neglected but really tackle it head on and see if that's you know a space where you feel comfortable enough to step into yeah i mean it's as they'll grow up and they'll come to the same conclusions that i've probably come to as a grown-up and it's their i feel it's very much their decision to choose how they want to live their adult life but for the time being as their mom i feel like i have a set responsibility to do the best that I can for them. And that is not just with their nutrition and their, you know, physical well-being and and you know, emotional well-being, but also their spiritual well-being. Yeah. I feel that that's something that's important because you can't, I, I don't think that you can go about life just be <laughs> like we have to, we have to have faith yeah. in yeah. that there's a purpose for us being mm-hmm. in this world in this space at this time. And I want them to to feel that right at the very least i mean that must be a hard hard job right it's a hard job just managing oneself i can't imagine when you have um other dependents it must be that much more stressful 
but again, I can keep doing what you're doing, instilling right the the beauty of of faith in them. At least that they have a strong foundation. But you know, to your point about faith being a coping coping mechanism, excuse me. I like was writing down like for me, faith has been faith has strengthened me. It has empowered me, and faith has lifted me. So that for me has been with my personal like journey of unfortunate events that um, I don't share everything because it's just, yeah, there's no point. I, right. It's it, Yeah. And, and for me, I've always felt like I don't want people to feel bad. I don't want people ever to feel bad because I don't feel bad. Right. right. If, if I've been able to overcome something, then see me for who I am, not for all the bad that has happened. But, right. but yeah, so with that, faith has been super incredibly helpful for me. And overcoming a lot of things and just knowing that better things are up ahead and there's always light at the end of the tunnel Mm -hmm. and there's always a good that overcomes the bad. And so that's the way I've carried myself through life, through problems, through difficulties, and even in the good things. Like, you know, I'm thinking something great is going to happen, but always knowing that divine intervention might make that thing even greater, right, than I even can think of. So having a very faithful and positive outlook, I would say, has been a key success for my life, at least. For sure. You just said the the tunnel. It's like, right now, I feel like I'm in the Holland and I don't see see the city yet. (laughs) (laughs) That's where I am in the tunnel at this moment. I need light, but it's it's a bit it's a bit further down. It's there. Yeah, I, I, something that you said that really resonates with me, and and it's something that my dad said to me, and I reflected on it a while ago. I, I, I was a kid, and I still stick with it. And when I hear people say things, I'm like, mm. so it's like like you said, I don't want anyone to feel bad for me. The phrase, the phrase, if something like me more, like just is when someone says, I feel so bad for you. And it's like, please don't. Because at the end of the day, if you think about it, it's like, how does me feeling bad for you help you? Right. Like have another feeling. If anything, it probably makes them feel worse. You know what I mean? Like that, that doesn't do something so that you don't have to feel bad. Mm-hmm. For this, because you feeling bad for me, teniendo me pena, doesn't do anything for us. I don't know what it would do for the person who's feeling bad. You know what I mean? But it's just, it's such a, sorry, an awful thing to say to somebody, in my opinion. I, I just like, yeah. it's awful. It, <laughs> think of something else to say. And I'm sure, you know, some people are probably like, hey, I've said that. And it's like, just think about it when you say it or when you think it is like, well, I feel so bad for you. I feel so bad for them. And it's like, what does that do? What is that really doing for anybody? You feeling bad for them. Right. It's almost like a cop out actually, because you have to think about what you can do or what you should say, or be a little more thoughtful about how you potentially could help. Not that you have to um, sometimes. Right. Just don't say anything. If you have nothing awful to say. That or it's like, you know, it's really hard. I understand how you're feeling. This is so challenging. I get it. I don't get it. I couldn't imagine how you're feeling, but like, oh, sorry. I feel so bad for you. Yeah. Ugh, take that elsewhere. <laughs> don't. Don't yeah. feel bad for me. Don't. 
-hmm. you know, so, so that just, you know, no tengas pena nadie, no, no te de lastima por nadie. And that doesn't mean to be cold hearted and not yeah. to care. You know, that's not yeah. what I'm saying. It's just have a different feeling, do something yeah. else so that you don't, right. you know, if you right. cannot have lastima and do something about it, do something about it. Don't, don't give me that. I feel bad for you energy. <laughs> I, I didn't tell you so that you, you can tell that. me. Yeah. That you we feel don't want bad. that energy. Exactly. And then yeah. you think you have it bad and then you hear other people's lives and other people's stories. And then you realize like, man, just, we're all dealing with our own struggles and, yeah. and pain and trauma. Like you just, just never know. It's be, it's, I think it comes down to be grateful for the experience that you're going through in the moment because it's teaching you something and it's it's allowing you to build a level of endurance and resistance that this life requires of you. Yeah. And when it's good, embrace it. Don't take it for granted. And when it's bad, embrace it. Don't take it for granted because <laughs> that means we're still living and we yeah. still have more more to see and more to do in this in this world and in this space but it is hard i mean there there are moments you know no one is made of stone oh yeah you know it's like there are moments where you're just like i don't <laughs> feel that i could withstand anymore mm -hmm. but then you can because you do you do and sometimes you don't learn the lesson is what i have found at least in my yeah. life so then you're like, why is another individual doing similar things? And then I start seeing in other people like patterns, but it's like you haven't learned, or at least I believe like you haven't learned the lesson or you haven't taken whatever you were supposed to from a previous experience or incident. Yeah. So it's coming back to you in a different form, a different situation. So yes, it's this constant evolution of whether you grow for the better. And if you're taking something out of it or not. Yeah. It's <laughs> that's God knocking. <laughs> knocking on heaven's door. Like, like, <laughs> um yeah, it's it's I found yesterday when we were, you know, talking about what topics to discuss. And it's again faith, religion politics, these items sometimes are always touchy, but I think it depends on the person that you're talking to. Yeah. I, I don't, I reserve my right to talk about it with certain people that I feel safe around, that I love very much, that I understand will understand my perspective and not come from a place of judgment. And I right. think that's where all of this comes comes from and not all people around you in your space and in your world not that they're bad but it's just there's there's people that you can talk to about certain things and there's people that you can't and unfortunately within this space i think as a society we're not in a place where we can openly talk about how we feel about things because people are very much in touch and, and feel offended by what's being said when in reality we shouldn't feel offended i think about what other people's faith system faith is or isn't because that is their space and they have their own reasoning for being and feeling the way that they feel right 
All I know is that if it were not for God, I would not be here. So please don't throw any daggers over here. We're just trying to be honest with you guys. We do believe in Diosito Lindo, but we're out here also being curious. I have a question for you, Diana. Mm -hmm. Was there there a moment, has there been a moment, or was there a moment in your life where you were like, for sure, like that's gave you not that you were doubtful before but that you were like god exists and this is why like something happened or not yet oh yeah totally 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 i've i've heard his voice like it's gotten to that point that i cried like it, it's and that's what i mean about being close and not being afraid to to step into that faith and relationship yeah, so I've I've definitely had those moments where I know it's clear or that it's not even like a gut feeling. It's more than that. It's not even like a, it's almost like it's a guided like do this. It's a pull, like a gravitational mm-hmm. pull. Like this is where I'm leading you or directing you. So I've cried about it. And I and I don't I'm not a I'm not an easy crier. Oh, I am. <laughs> We're different people though, but this is why we compliment each other. Um, so it's to that point, like for a very long time, I felt like I couldn't be soft. I couldn't be mm-hmm. I've always assumed as the eldest sister, eldest daughter, this character, if you will, and, and persona that I had to be strong because everybody else was not as strong. Um, so for those reasons, I was such a tough, like I don't cry, I don't. I'm not as emotional. I'm not allowed to. I wasn't allowed to really is what I felt like in my life. Yeah. So in the times when I have felt that divine energy or presence, it's been very, very salient. Like I can feel it and and I feel vulnerable and like, and I don't easily like break down. So that's, that's one of the, the things that I would say to you. <laughs> that's beautiful. I'm Thanks. glad that you feel that you, that you, that you have that that you felt it. So it's like, I know I feel it. I know I've felt it. And I know I can feel it again Mm -hmm. when I need it. Yeah. And it doesn't stop me from reading books and, you know, like learning about different things. Um, You know, when I was diagnosed with my autoimmune disease, I did a lot of reading about what I could change certainly in my lifestyle, like eating and foods and stress and, you know, things that I could potentially control to create or foster an environment of peace and tranquility so that mm-hmm. my um, right system wouldn't be so like aggravated. But I also read a lot about what causes these things like and how does that relate to your spirit? And so this is why I'm telling you, like, I'm just a very mm-hmm. curious person. And, you know, what is an autoimmune condition have to do with some other trauma in your spirit? So I ended up reading a lot of books about the root causes of that. And the anatomy of the spirit is one of those mm-hmm. books. Then I started doing more, obviously, with nature, reading. There's another great book, actually, like Reading Sweetgrass about like the indigenous um, folks and this concept of reciprocity about giving back, Mm. um, taking care of the land. And so it just, yeah, it doesn't stop me. Like I said, having faith, believing in God doesn't stop one from being curious of Mm -hmm. learning about other things and other ways of, of seeing and addressing life. Very true. Yes, I'm sure you'll drop the book recommendation. I mean, we might need a book club here. Like, <laughs> book so list. This is another one too. 
the untethered soul. Um, this one's really good about the idea and the concept of radical acceptance. But again, it's just a lot of me trying to do at the time for for my condition some self-reflection. Like, what yeah. can I do to to fix this? Because I also believe, like, girl, you have resurrection power. We're going to undo this condition. It's not going to take 30 pills a day to rectify or modify something that, you know, I myself have perpetuated. So I'm kind of like at that point, too, where like, and I believe in inner intervention. So can I address this in a much more holistic way that mm-hmm. isn't just science? Because, right, there's going to be a million med- medications, right. a million specialists that I could go to. But it's, yeah, looking for that other holistic way of also addressing health. If you think about it, it goes a lot back to, like, our culture, even though we were, you know, brought up Catholic, there's a lot that falls into like our our Ecuadorian culture that has a lot mm. to do with like holistic yes. um, remedy along with believing in science. And I think that's where I think that's where a lot of this comes from, too. It's like, how can we mm-hmm. believe that, you know, we believe both that science works and medicine works and, and you know, science has made these great advancements. But we also believe in, you know, oregano tea helping my stomach ache. Right. You know what I mean? Like, granted, if I had appendicitis, oregano tea would not help me. I am aware of that. <laughs> but there are things, I mean, that, you know, that, that are that are helpful. And, and I think that that shouldn't be discarded either, is if we have these holistic approaches to correct. think that can mm-hmm. be, you know, solved, why not try it too? Yeah. It can, things can work hand in hand. It doesn't need to be all or nothing. Yeah, I think about that too. And Nate, I, I have this conversation with him often. Like, how is it that we have indigenous communities that have survived so much, so many wars, exposures to civilizations, right? Societies changes, and they have not used the labs that we use. They have not used the medicines that we use. Um, so they're doing something right, and they know something right. about leveraging natural resources to cure their conditions and ailments. So I agree with you. And that has made me very curious about learning for that reason, what like the natives natives and indigenous populations do when it comes to like medicine and healing. I mean, spirituality, which I think is very beautiful, just taking care of mother nature and our responsibility to protect it. I mean, it's just such beautiful concepts again, that we don't really hear about. Yeah. I think, I think it's a double-edged sword, to be honest. So when I was when I was pregnant the first time, in my mind, and it's true, women have been carrying and delivering babies for centuries. And some of them have done it without medication. Right. So I was like, okay. So so here's here's where I was. Here's where I was mentally with all of this. Okay. Oh no. And long story short, you don't need to live this way. (laughs) And what I realized for the second pregnancy, and I learned was your body is the gift you've been able to carry. Delivering a baby is delivering a baby and it hurts. Your body 
needs to conserve energy to take care of that baby. Mm. If you've gone through a traumatic, very painful delivery, it is very challenging for you to recover after you've had this baby who needs you. You don't need to live like this. So, right. <laughs> so it does your body carries trauma to what you were saying mm-hmm. before. And when you have that all in you and you're refusing to take pain medication or any right. sort of medication when it was created in order to help you have ease, right. you don't get a certificate at the end if you didn't get pain medication. You still have a beautiful, healthy baby. Right. God willing, right? right? Like all of these things still happen mm-hmm. and no one cares aside from you and your traumatized body <laughs> that you've not taken medication or taking any pain, you know, pain control. So it's like all of these, all of these philosophies and all of these ideas work, but it depends on the setting yeah, that you're context. in and the context mm-hmm. of which you're in. But for me, my belief in like, oh, this is real. God is real was carrying a baby, Mm. delivering my baby and looking at my babies Mm -hmm. that it's like, how, how miraculous possible. How did this happen? How you were in me Mm -hmm. and now you don't want to share your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. (laughs) You, you, you live, you lived in me and I kept you alive. How, and and like it's 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 the Mm -hmm. most incredible thing that sometimes I think you have amnesia and you don't believe that they actually came out of your body, and it's like it's it's miraculous. It is truly the most miraculous thing for me. That was my took thirty something years, but that was my (laughs) God is God is the real. I never doubt. I mean, I shouldn't say never. Obviously, I doubted if I had if I had a moment where I was like. You know, but it it was just so clear, like a moment of clarity for me after having my first that I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I am in, I am in a much, I am so much smaller than I thought I was in this <laughs> grand universe. And yeah. there's just so much that I don't understand. That's beautiful. Yeah. Kids are a blessing to your point. We are incredible beings with as a um, whole, as a whole, you, you look at like Olympians, you look at people just being people mm-hmm. and being human, the human experience, the supernatural things you see, yep. the human experience mm-hmm. is just, <sighs> yeah, yeah, there's, it's, oh, <laughs> there's, it's, it's <laughs> I have no words. <laughs> you're speechless yeah yeah. it's so much deeper than we all i think understand and know and and the beauty of of life is being able to like dive in and learn more Mm because you can never learn everything and you can never know too much right 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 well, yeah, I mean, if, if anyone note, wants to share their own yeah. experiences with us, we're happy to we're happy to hear it. Talk yeah, and any it. any books too that have been like certainly not not I don't want to say life changing, but perspective changing or thought provoking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please feel free to share those recommendations with us as well. 
We'd love that. Well, we can start up a list of all these books. (laughs) We're going to get you guys eventually a playlist (laughs) and a book book list. list. (laughs) We're on it. We're going to provide you books. 2024 is is our year. We're manifesting that now. It is. It is. Awesome. Well, thank you folks so much for for listening to us on this very vulnerable, but I think fruitful topic and exchange 